2: Hi, I'm Chad Ekovitz. And I'm Simone LaRue. Now, you've probably not heard very much of our voices, but that's because we're usually on a completely different podcast.
3: Yeah, we're usually on Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. However, we decided to do something fun for Halloween.
2: On the advice of Ken, because the main characters of the Chad 76 story are Chad and Simon, and our names are Chad and Simone, we thought we would do a fun spooktober swap. So for this week... We're going to appear on your channel.
3: And they're going to appear on our channel doing our podcast, probably better than us.
2: But we do hope you enjoy what we've created this episode. It was really fun to make. And, yeah, if you enjoy what we do, why not come and visit us at our podcast? That's Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. Do you want to give them the social sim? You can find us
3: on Facebook and Instagram at Fresh Tomatoes Podcast, on Twitter at Fresh Tomatoes MP. And if you've got any questions, you can email us at freshtomatoespodcast at gmail.com.
2: And with that shameless plug, we'll leave you there. But as we say at the end of our podcast episodes, we we love you you and there's nothing nothing you can do
3: about it. it. Bye! Day 7. Well, Night 7. I'm all alone, again. Still haven't made it to TomatoCon. But that was never gonna happen. I see that now. I don't know if anyone's gonna hear this, but if you're listening... I finally got Chad back for slamming my head against the car window.
4: Gentlemen and movie watchers of all kinds, do you love critiquing movies and then writing about them on the internet? Do you hold your opinion in high regard when it comes to movies, looking down on the uncultured swine around you in pure derision? Did you understand the end of hereditary without having to google it? Well then, we have the perfect convention for you! This October, head on down to Appalachia, West Virginia for the first ever Rotten TomatoCon! Three days of highbrow intellectuals discussing the world's best movies without annoying plebeians interrupting them to talk about films like... <laughs> ...The Dark Knight.
2: Oh my god. So
4: call the number on screen now and book your ticket. Oh
2: my god, oh my god.
4: It's completely free for you, Chad. Wait, what? That's right, completely free for
2: podcasters. Terms and conditions apply. I should probably be worried about that, but... ...never mind.
3: Dad, why are you phoning me? It's Wednesday. I made it very clear that for the remainder of 2020, you're only allowed to talk to me on the podcast.
2: I know, I know, but I just saw something really cool on TV and I can't wait till Sunday to tell you.
3: Is it about Rotten Tomato Con?
2: How did you know?
3: I literally just finished watching the ad, but I didn't rush to call you. Do you know why? Because boundaries... We can speak as friends next year. For the rest of 2020, we are strictly podcast co-hosts.
2: But doesn't this count as podcast news? So... In the agreement you made me sign, you said I could contact you on non-podcast days so long as it has to do with podcast news. Therefore, we can talk about this.
3: Damn it! I knew I shouldn't have let you write the agreement.
2: To be honest, I don't even know why I offered to write the agreement. Seems pretty (laughs) self-deprecating.
3: Seems pretty self-deprecating. Name of your sex tape.
2: Name of my sex tape. Anyway, we should totally go, right? What? To TomatoCon. We should be there. You heard the ad. It's free for podcasters. It's a sign.
3: Yeah, sure, the con is free, but what about, like, flights and hotels and stuff?
2: And flights,
4: room, and board are free for podcasters, too. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Did you hear that?
3: Yeah, my TV just turned back on, too, and that was super weird and sus.
2: But convenient. See? It won't cost us a penny to go.
3: Don't you think this whole thing is a little shifty?
2: (laughs) What do you mean?
3: Dude, we literally analyze shit like this for, like, well, I wouldn't call it a living, but for a little bit of money. And, like, a creepy ad comes on both of our TVs at the exact same time, despite the fact that we live in different countries. And then our TVs turn themselves back on to tell us that the whole trip is free. Oh, and I'm also pretty sure that the ad said my name specifically at one point.
2: See? Then there's nothing to worry about. How so? The guy on my ad didn't say your name. Ah. He said my name.
3: That doesn't make things better. How are you not seeing what's wrong with this whole thing?
2: Look, are we Fresh Tomatoes, the optimistic movie podcast? Or are we Sour Tomatoes, the suspicious real-life events podcast? I say we carpe that diem, dude. Carpe. That. Diem.
3: Fine. We'll go. But I swear, if this is anything but legitimate, I will extend the friendship ban till 2022 it's so fucking hot how can it be so hot day 12 definitely day might not be 12 haven't seen chad in a while but i know he's out there i can smell him on the wind well i could smell him on the wind if there was any wind I think I'm going crazy, it must be the heat. Wait, is that? I think I found water. It's been so long since I've had water. The only thing out here is this gross nuca cola stuff and I just want healthy, clean, drinkable water. Oh my God, it's real. Whoever you are listening to this, it's real. It's not cold and it's stagnant, so it's not clean, but god damn it, it's real and it's here and it's water. I may survive this. I may escape and go home and publish these recordings as my harrowing journey to salvation. <laughs>
2: Turn this oasis into a jacuzzi. With my farts. I'm going to make this a fart and jacuzzi. It. And so, if you think about it, that's why Mulan is the sequel to Mulan Rouge. Hello, anyone home? Huh? I thought you'd get a kick out of my comprehensive study of the Mulan film compendium. Were you not listening?
3: Uh, no, sorry. I'm a little distracted.
2: Okay. I'll start from the beginning. So you know how in Milan, Shan Yu picks up that little girl's doll. Well, if you just think about it... Don't you think
3: it's even a little strange that they made you fly all the way to South Africa just to fly you all the way back to the Northern Hemisphere?
2: How is that weird?
3: Okay. From London Heathrow Airport to North Central West Virginia Airport, it's about a 12-hour flight. Right. From Cape Town International to North Central, it's a 28-hour flight.
2: Wow, that is actually quite a difference.
3: Exactly.
2: But I would hardly call it suspicious.
3: How are you not seeing how weird this whole thing is? Why couldn't they have flown me to the UK and then both of us went on to West Virginia together? Why did you have to come to South Africa?
2: Maybe the flights were all booked? Chad! What?! If I hadn't come to South Africa, I would have never met Rudy. And wasn't that a nice moment? Yeah, I guess. I also wouldn't have been able to dig out those Kruger Rand gold coins I had hidden under the floorboards in my old apartment. So count it as a win. Why are you trying to be such a Debbie Downer on this whole trip?
3: Okay, okay, I'll lighten up. If you can just admit that this is a little weird. Everything seems to have been set up just for
2: us. Okay, now I think you're being a delusional Denise, as well as a Debbie Downer.
3: No, seriously, look around you.
2: Yeah? All I'm seeing are people on an aeroplane, so what?
3: Chad, look at their shirts.
2: Oh my gosh, they're wearing our merch! I've never seen so many happy Labradors wearing berets in one area before. This is so sweet. I wonder if they want our autographs. Are you
3: fucking crazy? (laughs) Sit down. What was that for? We don't have merch. We don't sell t-shirts.
2: Which means... Which means... Exactly. One of our fans is making indie merch on Etsy. Jesus Christ. So, how you been? Stop talking. Killed anyone else or was it just me?
3: Look... I want to be sorry that I killed you. But? But I just can't be. You know you deserved it. You were being too chipper and unassuming about everything. Should I have gone about killing you in a different way? Maybe. But I stand by my decisions. I forgive you. What?
2: I forgive you. You actually helped me work through a lot of issues I have about dying. It was actually a really freeing experience. Sort of how, like, in... In The Lion King, when Simba throws Scar off the cliff, and all his hyena buddies come and help him out, and he's like, oh, no, no, save yourselves, save yourselves, I'll be fine. And then they take him back to the elephant graveyard to heal his wounds. It was just, like, a really nice thing for you to do, but in, like, a super weird way.
3: Okay, well, there's just a bunch of things wrong about what you said there, but let's just focus up on that thing you said about forgiving me.
2: Yeah, what about it? Pretty noble of me, right?
3: What? No, shut up! You can't forgive me because, A, I didn't do anything wrong... B. You deserved it. C. I didn't say sorry. And most strangely of all, D. It seems like death doesn't have any consequences in this place.
2: Yeah, I actually wanted to talk to you about that. How did you know I was going to come back? Simone?
3: Do you think we're still in Appalachia, or have we moved completely out of Virginia, do you think?
2: Simone! You didn't know I was going to come back, did you?
3: Of course I didn't, but you were just being such a such a chat about everything and you just wouldn't stop. Even when it was really obvious that some sort of fuckery was going on, I knew that if I was by myself, I'd be able to get to the bottom of this without having to, you know...
2: Have me around?
3: Exactly. I mean... exactly. Okay. Okay?
2: Yeah, okay. I mean, you had your reasons. I can see how from your point of view, my attitude could be frustrating.
3: I'm really glad that you can see my perspective on this. It's not that I don't want you around, it's just I didn't want you around at that time.
2: Completely understandable. And it's like you said, death has no consequences, so it's no big deal. Right. It's like riding a bike. You fall off and then you get back on again and you keep on travelling down the road.
3: Perfect analogy.
2: Or like... Or like digging a shallow grave.
3: Exactly. Wait, what?
2: Oh, nothing. Wait, what the hell is that over there? Look! What? <laughs> <laughs> Retribution is mine.
5: <laughs> Chicken or beef? Chicken or beef? Chicken or beef? Chicken or beef, ma'am? Actually, can I get the veggie meal? Absolutely, that won't be any trouble. Thank you. Yum, that looks delicious. Thank you. No problem. And for you, sir? Chicken or beef? Or would you also prefer the vegetarian option?
2: Beef sign. Thank you so much.
5: Here you go. Thank you. No problem.
2: Simone and Chad, hosts of the Fresh Tomatoes movie podcast.
5: If there's anything else I can get you guys, let me know. Chicken or beef? Chicken or beef? Okay, that was weird.
3: She was weird. You cannot deny she was weird. She's probably
2: just a fan. If you look at our stats on Anchor.fm, the free podcast hosting app, which has so many great features for both the novice and experienced podcaster, a large demographic of our fans come from the U.S., so maybe they're all just localized to Virginia.
3: Look, you don't have to tell me how great Anchor.fm is. It has all the tools to help you launch your podcast, and you can make money almost immediately with integrated ad campaigns. What are you telling me that 52% of US listeners are all from Virginia and they all just happen to be on the flight we're on? You're blinded by your excitement. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. Uh,
4: this is your captain speaking, uh, we're traveling in about 463 miles per hour and, uh, we, we have a nice tailwind driving us forward. Uh, we should be landing at North Central Airport at, uh, about half an hour ahead of schedule.
2: Oh, that's nice. Sure
4: is, uh... Oh, if you hear a loud sucking noise, uh, followed by a big bang, uh... Don't worry about it. Everything is a okay. What
3: the fuck? What's wrong? The captain literally just said that the plane is going to explode.
2: Yes, he did. But he also said not to worry about it. Two ears, one mouth, Simone. You should do twice as much listening as you do talking.
3: Okay, fuck you. Fuck this. I can't take it anymore. We need to get out of here.
2: Simone, we're 20,000 feet up in the air. What are you going to do, skydive out of here?
3: If I have to, clearly something is up, and for whatever reason, you're just not seeing it. You're not stupid, so I really have no idea what's going on with you. But if you're not willing to save yourself, then I can...
6: (laughs) Uh,
4: this is your captain again. We're, uh, experiencing some turbulence. Uh, we should pass through this, uh, cloud field soon, but until then, please, uh, return to your seats and fasten your seatbelts. Thank you.
3: Chad, we're crashing. I can literally see flames and smoke billowing from what used to be the right wing. This is not
2: turbulence. We're going to die. Okay, this is pretty bad, I'll admit it, but considering we got this flight for free, it's not actually that bad. Ow! What was that for?
3: Oh my god, I'm going to die because of some podcast convention that I knew was dodgy, but no, you convinced me to go along with it. If we get out of this alive, the podcast is over.
2: Does that mean we can be friends again? (laughs)
3: What the fuck? Where the hell am I? Night one, I guess. Maybe that's not the wisest decision to reset the day count every time I die. But I can work out a better system later. I have no idea where I am. Chad fucking killed me. I guess he was just getting his own back, but still. Ow. I have to figure out where the hell I am. Maybe this thing will help? Pit boy. I don't even remember putting this thing on, but it looks pretty useful. Ooh, it's got a map! camp, want to grind a lot. (laughs) That's original. Who named this place a 12-year-old boy? Looks like there's a couple people congregated down by that body of water. Okay. I don't have any food or shelter. And it's not too far from where the pit boy tells me I am to the lake. If I stay here, I might die. Again. And then, who knows where I'll end up. I just want to go home. I hope whoever those people are, they're nice. Oh my god, oh my god, I survived. I can't believe it. Okay, okay, damage control. Nothing feels broken. Nothing internal seems to hurt. Okay, time to detach. And embrace for the fall. Oh! <coughs> that hurt? But it could have been worse. It could be what I'm gonna do to Chad when I find him. God damn it, where is he? Chad? Chad, can you hear me? Chad? course he doesn't answer to that type of call
2: anymore. Okay.
3: Old Crone? Old Crone?
2: Where are you, Old Crone? Simone! Old Crone, I'm here! Uh, Help me! Oh, Simone. Thank God you found me. I thought I was going to die here. I'm trapped. Uh, I can't free my arm. Do you think you could lift this thing?
3: I can try. I can't. It's too heavy. Maybe I can get someone to help? Hold tight. Okay. I'll just... wait here. Okay. Where is everyone? That flight was full, but there is not a single person here. How is that even possible? Oh, of course it's possible. This whole trip is bullshit. Help! Help! Anybody? My friend is trapped under a piece of metal...
2: Hold me friend. I win. Fucking
3: shit. I was really hoping he hadn't heard that. There! The cockpit!
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Jesus Christ, he's a robot. How is that possible?
0: Help. Me.
3: <laughs> Look, Captain... You're pretty much dead, plus you're a robot, so I'm just going to leave you, but before I do, is your, I guess you would call it blood, is it actually engine fuel? Uh, uh, okay, cool. Well, you don't really need it anymore, so... Uh, uh, you're not going to need your head anymore, plus it's just your chest I actually need. Uh, 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: Oh, thank God, Simone. I was really worried. I haven't heard a single other person cry out for help or anything. Is it bad?
3: There's literally no one out there. It's just you and me and the captain, which, it turns out, he's a robot.
2: Okay. A lot of information to process all at once.
3: And I destroyed the captain so I could take his blood. Um. No, no. It's jet fuel. You know how those 9-11 conspiracy theorists always say how jet fuel can't melt steel beams?
2: I'm aware of this.
3: Well... I'm hoping they're wrong, because I'm going to melt you out of this trap.
2: Okay, good. I hope this works quickly.
3: Me too. Then we can try to get the hell out of here.
2: And straight to the hotel for a good night's rest. What? We have a long day ahead of us tomorrow. The opening address is at 8am and I don't want to be late. Christopher Nolan is the keynote speaker and his talk is on the rise and fall of confusing subplots. I've heard that half of his presentation will be performed through an electron microscope by watching Tiny Bacterium, which he has trained to spell out the transcript of his speech.
3: You know what? I'm out. I'm out. I can't do this anymore, Chad. There is no convention. This has all been an elaborate setup to get us here. Everything has been faked. The con was fake. The people were fake. The goddamn captain was a fake fucking robot.
2: I think you'll find he was a pretty real robot, actually. But rather a fake human.
3: Nope. 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 I'm done with this. I am done with all of this. I'm done with you. I'm done with this podcast. I'm done.
2: Okay, okay. Say you're right and all of this is one big setup.
3: It is a big
2: setup. Okay, so what is the point of this big setup, then? Why bring us here?
3: I don't know, okay? That's the whole point of a big setup. When you're the prey, you're not supposed to know you're in a big setup. Okay, and now you have me talking, like a conspiracy theorist. I just want to go home!
2: Let's be honest, Simone. You didn't want to come on this trip. Not because you thought it was a trap, but because you were worried I'd find a much better co-host at this convention.
3: I beg your unbelievable
2: pardon? But there's no need for you to be worried. I would never replace you.
3: I... I don't even know what to say.
2: I mean, all the best people already have podcasts. So I guess I'm stuck with you, kiddo.
3: Stuck with me. Stuck with me. I'll show you stuck with me.
2: Wait. Wait, what are you doing? With me. What are you...
3: You gotta get it in my mouth! Oh, my oh, oh, stop. Look, I'm sorry about this, but you left me no choice. And hey, at least you're no longer stuck with
2: me. Wait. No, no, stop! <laughs> Gonna dig a shallow grave, West Virginia, country mama. Okay, so now what do I do? I killed Simone and I haven't seen another person here for like the longest time. I'm super hungry. What do people eat out here? I heard America was the land of plenty. The only thing I've seen plenty of is plenty of nothing. Simone would have found that funny. What's that smell? Oh my god, what is that? Oh, we definitely don't have those back in England. It looks like a... I don't know, I've, I've never seen anything like that before. It's got horns like a will beast. But the mouth of what? Satan? Jesus, look at those claws! I'm gonna tangle with this guy, I should... I should probably back up a little. Oh shit. Shit, 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 I think he's seen me. Yep, yep, he's definitely seen me. Run! Shit, shit, shit. Shit, Simone was right. We should never have come here.
5: Mister, come here. Look at the bunny. Hide here.
2: Oh, I really don't have a choice
5: down in some never follow
2: you in there. What? I'm not going down there. It stinks. Okay. No other option. Fine. Oh, I think it was Jeff Goblin who said it best when he said, well, that is one big pile of shit. Shh. you're safe. Thank you for helping me. That was really kind of you.
5: Well you look really pathetic so I don't think there will be any point in looting your body. Plus you bring that kind of heat towards me. I'm gonna have much bigger problems on my hands than just some shit.
2: Where the hell am I?
5: Currently you're down a poop shoot in the outhouse. On a bigger scale you're down a poop shoot in the outhouse of the girls camp at camp wanna grind a lot.
2: Ugh not the most original name. Did a 12 year old boy think of that?
5: You're weird, mister. And you talk weird. Where are you from?
2: I'm from England. Well, originally from South Africa, but-
5: England? Where's that?
2: You know, England, the country. Well, that's an indictment of the American school system, if there ever was one. You know, the Queen, Fish and Chips, the War of Independence. Any of these ringing a bell?
5: The only war I know is the Nuclear War. Then everything went real bad.
2: Wait, the Nuclear War? Are you talking about the Cold War?
5: Oh, there was nothing cold about this war. It burned everything. It burned my home and my parents and my dog. I was all alone until I found Camp Wanna lot. Wait,
2: there are other people here?
5: Not a lot. The camp only opens in summer. But there are usually one or two people down by the lake.
2: Can you take me there? I'd love to get clean after this experience.
5: Sure, mister. And maybe someone will take pity on you and give you some food. Then I can kill you and take it for myself.
3: Thank you for your hospitality. I have no provisions or anything.
1: It's really not a problem. You can stop thanking us. We were once in your place. It's tough out here. Plus,
6: we'd have never let a smoking hot babe like you just sit out here helpless waiting for someone to kill you. There aren't enough hotties
1: left in this world. It would be a damn shame if we lost one more. Ew. So, what brings you to Appalachia? You don't sound like you're from around here.
3: Oh, my friend... He saw an ad for a convention for Movie Enthusiasts, and he wanted to check it out. We're podcasters, and our plane crashed, and now we're here.
1: Okay, I understood about five of those words. What's a podcast? Are you suffering from radiation poisoning? There hasn't been an airplane that was flyable in about two decades. What?
6: Yeah, I think Simon's right. Planes don't fly no more. You can always trust Simon to be right about nerdy shit. Shut up, Chad.
3: Wait, you guys, what year is it?
6: Yep, she's definitely suffering from radiation sickness. We should kill her before she turns feral. Damn, shame that. I'm pretty sure she was going to sleep with me.
1: Shut up, Chad. Look at her face. She's genuinely concerned. Simone, it's 2201. Planes don't fly anymore. Occasionally, you used to see a chopper, but we think Chad and his crew of morons took down the last one.
6: Hey, bro, don't blame me for being an excellent shot. Just because you shoot like you score a pussy... Don't come attack me for my mad skills. Jesus Christ, you're such a moron.
1: I don't even know why I agreed to this truce. You and your goons.
6: Goon? Who are you calling goon? Don't you point your finger... I'm at me. a tiredist. It's you and the banging at the goddamn armor
1: station. I swear to God, you you goddamn goddamn swear to God Simon, you call me a goon one more time,
6: I'm going to no, put out this cap and just you leave your face. Me the alone. Guys, who the hell are you calling you're a Guys, guys, guys,
3: I left South Africa in the year 2020, how could I possibly be in the year 2201 right now? Please, please tell me you guys are lying. Sorry, bro.
1: We ain't lying. Yeah, Chet almost exclusively lies to women to get them into bed, but he wouldn't lie just for the hell of it. Amen to that, sister.
3: Oh my god. Oh my god. What the fuck is happening? I have traveled in time, I've killed my best friend, he's killed me, and we've both come back to life, and there are monsters everywhere, and I have this tape recorder that I just keep talking to, and...
1: What the fuck? Okay, okay, calm down. I know you're probably going through a lot right now, but... Oh my
3: god, Chad's still out there. I need to find him. He probably doesn't know what's happened.
1: Simone, you you can't go out there right now.
6: It's the middle of the night. There are loads of awful, evil things out there that want to kill you right now. They're not... Not... Not to merm... Not to mermel... Well, they sleep during the day and they wake up at night.
1: You don't want to mess with them. First thing in the morning, we'll head out and search for him. If he has his pit boy turned on and hasn't cloaked himself, we should be able to find him pretty quickly.
3: Okay. Okay.
7: Yeah, you're right.
6: So,
1: get some rest, little lady. And if you get cold,
6: Chad is always here for you to spoon with. Just remember, it's easier to share body heat if we're both naked.
1: But, wow. You are just the worst. Chad. Chad, wake
6: up. Mm? What? Whose ass needs kicking? Shh, keep it down. What's wrong?
1: Nothing, it's just... I have an idea.
6: Is your idea to leave me alone and let me sleep some more? Because I think
1: that's a great plan. No, shut up and pay attention. So that Simone girl says she's from the past, right?
6: Yeah, so what? She's obviously crazy, bro.
1: No, No, but look at her clothes. No scorch marks. They look practically ancient. No one has dressed like that in centuries. I think she's telling the truth. So what? So she literally traveled through time, Chad. She was in 2020, and now she's here. What if we could reverse-engineer the process? What do you mean? What if we could go back in time, take the places of her and her friend, and leave them stranded in this wasteland? We could have normal lives with running water and nothing trying to kill us on a regular basis. Wouldn't you like that? But what about
6: Susie and Moose? What about your friends? You know, uh,
1: Cassandra and Phil? You mean Jake and Amata? Look, this is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Just think about how perfect it is. Her name is Simone. My name is Simon. Her friend's name is Chad. Your name is Chad. It's like fate. Okay, So
6: so even if this was possible,
1: how do we pull it off? Well, killing them won't work. They'll just come back to life again. We can trap them somewhere. Didn't didn't Susie have a trap with a death claw in it? Yeah, one of her uh,
6: kitties. <laughs> I love that little bit.
1: Uh, okay, so if we can get rid of the death claw, so nothing can harm her, we can trap her down in that hole. Without her, it's almost guaranteed that her friend will be rendered useless out here. Then we'll escape into their lives. People back then weren't that smart, so we could definitely just take their places like nothing happened. And then how do we get back to the past? We'll have to get Simone to take us to the site of the plane crash before we throw her in the hole. Maybe there will be some clues there that'll help. This sounds
6: crazy, bro. Even by my standards. But it also sounds like a boatload of fun. If I can go back in time, maybe I can bang my own great-great-great-great-great-grandmother.
1: That shit would be totally wild. So we're agreed. In the morning, we'll help get Simone to take us to the crash site. Then knock her out and trap her in Susie's pit, and then take their place in the 21st century. Deal. I'm sure gonna miss this place, though. Sure, me too. Especially the cannibalism. I sure do love eating people. Simone? Simone, it's time to wake up. Mm
3: -hmm. Good lord, that is the best I've slept in days. It makes such a difference when you haven't got things trying to kill you every five seconds.
1: You're telling us. We should get moving. Your friend could be in danger, so the quicker we find him, the better. Thus, we should also check out the crash site. We may find something that will help you figure out how to get back home.
3: It's really nice of you to help me. I did not expect to see people, let alone nice people, out here. Even Chad's turned into a bit of a dickhead since we've been here.
1: I can tell you from experience that it's in their nature.
5: coming off the fire, they can't be too far gone.
2: Who were they?
5: I don't know. They often come here and catch fish. Well, what counts for fish these days? Check your Pip-Boy. It should give you their names.
2: My Pip-Boy? What's that?
5: What the hell's wrong with you, mister? Don't you know what that thing on your arm is?
2: What? Ah! When did that get there? Have I been wearing this the whole time?
5: <sighs> Scroll across the map, and their names should come up.
2: Okay, there's three of them. Someone called Chad, Simon, and... <gasps> Simone! They have Simone!
5: Is that the lady you were telling me about?
2: Yes, yes it is. Oh, I do hope she's safe with them. I'm sorry that things got so out of hand. We should have never come here. Screw conventions and convention-adjacent events!
5: If you hurry, you could probably catch up with them before nightfall.
2: Are you not coming with me?
5: Nah. Camp Wanna Grind-a-Lot is my home. I don't need to go on adventures no more. But I will always remember you as the shit-covered weirdo who played hide-and-seek with a deathclaw. So long, mister.
2: Well, I better get a move on then.
3: So, what do you guys do around here?
6: Whatever we want. It's pretty sweet. I used to run a gym with a few bros of mine, but then some stuffy officials said I wasn't allowed to do it anymore. Oh, why? Ah, some bullshit about me trapping people and killing them for their bottle caps. It's all political, if you ask me. But that is what you were doing. Pipe down, Peter the purple people eater. Just because it's
1: true don't make it any less bullshit. Hey, Simone, any chance you remember where the plane crashed?
3: I think it was a couple miles this way. Why?
1: I was thinking if if Chad, your Chad, wanted to find you, he'd probably go there, right? It's, It's kind of the center of all of this weirdness.
3: You have a point. Okay, let's go that way. Hopefully he has the same idea as us.
2: Simone! Hey, Simone!
3: Wait up! Oh my god! Chad! Chad! You found us! Look, I am really sorry for everything. This place made me a little crazy.
2: No, no, I was the crazy one. I should have listened to you. You've always been the anchor of this podcast, and I should have trusted your judgment. How did you find us? I was being chased by this big deathclaw creature. Uh-huh. I found this little girl. Oh she my God. took me to a toilet, and I dropped Weird. down in the toilet. The Simon, the, 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 what the, the hell are we going to do now? Guy. Shut up. He, he, Let me think. Me there, oh. and then I went down okay, okay. And you
1: She's told us where the crash site was. It, boy, we just need know, to know, follow that direction, and we'll be good.
6: And what about Chad? Uh, that Chad. Not me, Chad. The other Chad. Old-timey Chad.
1: You could take him, right?
6: In a fight? Are you kidding me? Look at him. Where are his muscles? Dude's a disgrace to the name of Chad.
1: Okay, great. You deal with him, and I'll deal with Simone. It can't be that hard to take her down. Good plan, bro. Why couldn't you be more like this when we were in the vault?
6: We would have made an amazing
1: team. Where the need is great enough, even good men can turn to evil. And there's the
6: nerdy Simon I've come to know and pick on. So... I'm thinking
1: surprise attack. Yeah, get the advantage in three, two, one.
3: Um, can we help you guys with something?
1: Uh, what? Hmm? Oh, oh, nothing. We were just, um... Planning to... Steal?
6: Your lives. Damn! It is really hard to think of something on the spot like that. What? what? Look, old school bros, life out here is tough. And we just want normal, simple lives. Like yours. So, in typical wasteland fashion, we're just gonna take what
1: we want. We're, we're really sorry, but you've had a good run. How old are you guys, like 34? We're 27! It doesn't matter. We're gonna
6: go back to the past, you're staying here, and that's that. Brother Chad, as soon as I heard you were also called Chad, I knew one of the two things were gonna happen. I was either gonna fight you or have sex with you. And honestly, I am sad it's one and not the other, but this is just the way the biscuit breaks. The
2: saying is, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, you monster!
1: Look, I, I really don't want to fight you, but I do want your life. I don't like doing this, but Chad wasn't lying when he said I was a people eater. And with eating people comes great strength.
3: Bring it on, you little bitch. These are tiny fists of rage.
2: Ah! Surprise punch.
7: Kick. Ah!
4: Robots Radio presents...
2: Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. Hey, I can look at myself naked. Are
5: you stoned or something?
2: They tried stoning me, my dear. It did not work. He likes to
0: create his own sauce. Well, did you sleep with a man who also slept with Mom and Grandma Kathleen?
1: What? You slept with Dad? Alright. Which one of you sardines call this meat? Whatever made you loser. Let the party begin! Hello and welcome to Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast the podcast that hasn't changed and everything is completely the same and normal. That's Chad Johnson. And that's Simon Rex.
2: You have been listening to Chad's A Fresh Tomatoes Fallout 76 story. Simone and the air hostess were voiced by Simone LaRue. The voiceover and aeroplane pilot was voiced by Andrew Moffat. The little girl from Camp on a Grindelot was voiced by Sky Moffat. Chad was voiced by Chad Ekowitz. Simon Rex was voiced by Kenneth Bigu. And Chad Johnson was voiced by Alexander Luther. This has been A Fresh Tomatoes Chad A Fallout 76 Spooktober Switch story. All rights reserved. This audio production is copyright 2020. Any reproduction of this audio program without the express permission by either the hosts of the Fresh Tomatoes podcast or the Chad A Fallout 76 story podcast is strictly prohibited. Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. Hey, I can look at myself naked.
5: Are you stoned or something?
2: They tried stoning me, my dear. It did not work. He
0: likes to create his own sauce. Well, did you sleep with a man who also slept with Mom and Grandma
5: Catherine? What? You slept with Dad?
0: Shut up! I swear to you, I'm gonna get the hose again, Chad and Simone, if you don't be quiet.
1: Jess, Jess, where are you? Oh, I'm right here. It hey, just Oh, there you are. Hi. God, the Chad and Simone's fresh tomatoes compound is huge.
0: Yes, yes it is. It's enormous.
1: Where are they? I've been looking everywhere for them.
0: I don't know. I, I thought I heard them, but it must have just been something down the hall.
1: Oh, that's weird. Their cars are still here.
0: Huh. Yeah, I have no idea where they are.
1: Hey, Chad, Simone? Hello? Hello? Oh, that's weird. Uh, I mean, the four of us were, were supposed to get together here for this, this Halloween Fresh Tomatoes podcast. Yeah. Should, I guess...
0: I mean, you'd think they'd be here to greet us, but
1: I mean, we've got two minutes. Maybe do you think we should start? Is Why it totally not? rude to just take I... over someone's show?
0: No, I don't think. I mean, they'll come in when they're ready. You know, right, well,
1: we're su- we're supposed to be doing this this crossover where uh, we come in and uh, we take over one of the robots' radio network podcasts. Uh, Chad and Simone had some adventures in Appalachia. I understand and. Uh, so we're just going to talk about some movies. Uh, you know what? I guess we can just start, and yeah. I'm sure they'll they'll show up at some point. Yeah. Uh, let me That's get good. the uh, uh, Chad needs to clean his desk here.
0: What's sticky on the floor? Uh, uh, okay. I won't ask.
1: I think it's wine.
0: Oh. Okay. Okay. Fair enough.
1: I mean, if I don't know what other bodily fluid could be sticky and red, unless oh is so- that blood?
0: Um, I don't it looks kind of dark so I'm not sure the difference between spilled red wine and blood is (laughs) your guess is as good as mine
1: you know what this is fine let's just uh, okay we got uh, all right you're ready here all right 15 seconds hello and welcome to the fresh tomatoes podcast Uh, I am not Chad nor am I Simone i don't know i don't even sound like simone or chad to be honest i don't even
0: think i do no yeah
1: uh, neither one of us do uh my name is is kenneth figu
0: uh my name is jessica duvall
1: and uh we are are taking over the fresh tomatoes podcast for uh halloween we're doing a, a special crossover with uh with chad and simone from uh fresh tomatoes podcast here and uh Jessica and I do a little bit different a story, but for uh, for Halloween, we're doing a crossover where everyone switches shows. So uh, we decided to switch with Chad and Simone. Uh, they, I understand, are going to be uh, having an adventure in Appalachia with, uh, with us in uh, the world of Fallout 76. So oh. if you want to hear what they get up to, uh, we'll be <laughs> dropping that in our podcast feed on Halloween. And I'll put a link uh, to the show notes here for you. Um, we're supposed to be here with, with Chad and Simone, but they...
0: Uh, Mysteriously disappeared.
1: Yeah, we're not sure where they are, so uh, we'll, we'll just... You know what, we'll just dive in here. Uh, as you know from, from Chad and Simone, the Fresh Tomatoes podcast is going to take a, a, a new look, uh, some optimistic eyes at some of the most notorious pieces of garbage uh, <laughs> that ever materialized on film. <laughs> and uh, most recently... Um, Just last week, in fact, um, Jessica and I hosted a uh, lovely Halloween drive-in in um, in our Fallout 76 video game world where uh, in the video game I I constructed a camp that looks like a drive-in. And through the magic of computers, I uh, created a drive-in experience. So uh, I picked two pieces of crap that we watched. (laughs)
0: Uh, One that's... crappier than the other. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really though, really just. You
0: know what? You know what? I, I'm gonna go with with door number two on the movie selection because you know I I, I have a soft spot for really bad sci-fi. So.
1: <laughs> oh really? Yes. All right. Well, you know what? Let's let's go out of order then. Let's start with Plan Nine. Okay. So we watched. Plan 9 for Out of Space, that was the the second uh, movie that we saw. And if you're not familiar with that movie, um, that was a 1959 picture. It came out uh, for summer, 1959, July 22nd, to be precise. And it was um, (laughs) created by none other than notorious uh, Hollywood B-movie character, uh, Edward Wood,
0: that eccentric um, bag of crazy
1: that eccentric beautiful man uh, speaking of movies um, if you ever get the chance to watch Johnny Depp in the movie Ed Wood, uh, I cannot just, p- uh, recommend that movie enough it is so
0: it's it, same say I absolutely love that movie they Tim Burton just did a whirlwind of wonderfulness with that movie and that actually made me watch plan nine from outer space exactly and the I same, fell in yeah. love with it yep <laughs>
1: And Martin Landau, who played Bella Lugosi in that, um, yes. the late Martin Landau, was so good in that role. When he just deadpanned, says to Ed Wood, "No one gives a fuck about Bella." <laughs> yes, yes.
0: He did amazing. He did so amazing in that role.
1: Pull the strings. Yeah, pull the strings. <laughs> I love when he has the temper tantrum.
0: Yes. Oh, yes. I, I, and I love Johnny Depp as Ed Wood. He's yes. just magic. I mean, it's just magical. I, I mean, I know that Johnny Depp has a lot of character actor, you know, that, but he just does this Ed Wood character so wonderfully.
1: Yeah, he really does.
0: My favorite he, is he, when he takes out his teeth. And he starts just casually talking with his front teeth missing. Yes. (laughs) That was the best.
1: Well, 1959's Plan 9 from Outer Space um, is a really unique piece of film. And if anything, um, you know, taking a look at the fresh tomatoes, or excuse me, rotten tomatoes, Mm -hmm. uh, it's rated 67% uh, on the tomato meter. With a forty-six percent audience score, um, I mean on on IMDb it it, it has uh, four out of ten stars, which um, is
0: technically not bad. <laughs> I guess not.
1: I, I mean, out of all of the movies that he did, um, this one, I guess, is so bad that it's just charming.
0: Yes. Um, yes. Extremely so- underrated, in my opinion. <laughs>
1: It completely. In fact, um, it, after it was kind of an obvious colossal failure, um, <laughs> it didn't do well, but yeah. it, it gained started of a cult notoriety starting in the eighties. Um, when it was dubbed by two authors, uh, Harry Medved and Michael Medved, um, who dubbed it the worst film ever made in their book, the golden Turkey awards. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, uh, wood was given uh two awards for worst director ever and worst film ever um, Ow. <laughs> yeah and ironically enough right here it says that it is the epitome of so bad it's good cinema and i completely agree with that
0: uh, yes yeah no i completely agree with that as well that sounds right for that movie
1: <laughs> This movie also had a really weird backstory, uh, in that, that is really chronicled really well in the movie Ed Wood, um, in terms of, of how it's made. And I've got some really bizarre facts that will, will blow your mind a little bit. Um, first of which is it was Bela Lugosi's last movie. Um, when we were watching it, there's, there's some scenes, and I kept bringing down everyone because we were having a lot of fun, but, um, I love, love classic um, Hollywood monster movies. And Bela Lugosi was, was really hands down the, mice, the most iconic method actor, certainly of his, his age. He brought such a stage presence to Dracula mm-hmm. um, and created so many of the tropes that are still copied today as vampires go. Um, with the the stare um, and the leering um, that that presence, that loom and also the commanding voice, um, that kind of uh, really Romanian accent that just rolls off the tongue and is both seductive and terrifying at the same time. yes, yes. like like he he brought all of that to uh, to the stage, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I mean, with Bela Lugosi, I mean, he's one of the icons of, you know, Boris Karloff's Frankenstein. And, you know, it just, he's one of those, you know, with the swamp thing, like he's the major monster role person. And he did have a very commanding presence when, it. and my favorite part of it was, is how they would only light his eyes. That was always yes. my favorite. And yep. that's been mimicked so many times. I mean, I have to say one of the other best ones where they do that with the lighting of the eyes is Morticia from the Addams yep. Family. They, yeah, sure did, <laughs> they did it like just using that. Oh, it, it brings that cinematic. Just this person is evil just by the lighting of their eyes. That's it.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. He... Uh... He developed a really unusual friendship with, with Ed Wood, who was obviously a, a huge fan of his. Um, and shortly after they began their friendship, Edward Wood uh, cast him in his 1953 film, Glenn or Glenda, mm-hmm. which that we could talk at length about that particular movie
0: <laughs> oh if nothing, if <laughs> nothing
1: and, and i really we should do that movie in the drive-in yes because I, yes for one thing that movie was way ahead of its time
0: like, yes it was you want to
1: talk about something that but it also is like the most bizarre art house movie i have ever seen in my life
0: like, can you imagine people's what reactions they're going to have <laughs> probably, don't even tell them what movie don't even tell them this is the movie we're watching
1: yeah, I mean, they were probably like, what the fuck is this? When I Bela can't... Nogosia just cuts back and forth with him like, pull the strings. Yeah, pull the strings. Walking through their lives. He's doing this kind of creepy omniscient, like, I don't even know what kind of, yeah. But he just wanted to give him a role. Um, yes. And Wood would continue giving him roles. Plan um, 9 from Outer Space was supposed to really highlight and feature him. Um, unfortunately um, Lugosi had uh, both a heart condition and a notorious drug habit Mm. and he passed away not too long after the movie started production on August 16th 1956 Um, it was um, it's unclear the footage that he, he included of Lugosi in Plan 9 from Outer Space Um, if that was originally shot for a movie that he was going to make called The Vampire's Tomb with Lugosi, or if Mm -hmm. he'd intended that to just be for Plan 9 from Outer Space. Um, That's one thing that even historians aren't too clear on, but at any rate, Lugosi passed away, um, and his role for the remaining scenes in the movie was kind of posthumously played um, by another fellow, I think was a chiropractor.
0: (laughs) I loved the whole thing in the movie too, in, in Ed Wood, where oh, yeah. they were trying to find him and then he's like, Wait put your arm up. <laughs> yep, that's him. <laughs>
1: and he looked enough like Lugosi from like just the eye level up yes, that he yes. could just cover his face with And a that's
0: all they did with him where and you you definitely could tell, but at the same time it was a good stand in, but you could tell it wasn't
1: Bella. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean when also how many times like it was it, there's probably uh, like 30 seconds of footage of Lagosi in in that survived in the whole movie I and, know. and throughout was, the movie it was it him just kept running kind of, in and it out, out of the house the, yeah. it was the same footage like used two or three times like it's him going in and out of the house and then it's him yes. going to the graveyard in the cape <laughs> He just yes. gets there and leaves again
0: It's like, what <laughs> what's happening yeah I'm going to tell you right now, that had more of a cohesive, I understand what's going on, other than the other one we'll be getting into. But right now, we'll stick with blood.
1: <laughs> so I finally, I, I put together what the plot of that is, and I've got a wild-ass story to tell you. I can't, oh, fantastic. Which is fantastic. why I'm saving that one for last. Because
0: fantastic. when I
1: looked into how this movie was made, it's going to blow your mind. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was chiropractor Tom Mason, uh, who played as Lugosi's double. Oh, the other interesting thing about this movie that, that's covered really well in the movie Ed Wood, um, the original title of Plan 9 from Outer Space was going to be Grave Robbers from Outer Space. But in order for, for Wood to get his movie off the ground, he needed funding. He couldn't find funding from anywhere. No studio would touch this thing. So um, he, he ended up getting um, the movie funded by a really, really devout Southern Baptist fellow named J. Edward Reynolds. Mm -hmm. And um, he, the way that that Wood kind of fools them into making this movie is hilarious. Um, But every now and then they would put their foot down. Um, They were so offended by the title of the movie, of Grey robbing in general, they made him change it. Um, And then... Wood and other members of the cast went into doing a full body baptism. Yeah.
0: Oh, yes. Yes, I remember that. Yes, yes, I remember that.
1: I remember that. Um, So, uh, Tor Johnson, um, who is this looming, leering figure, um, was a wrestler that Ed Wood got to play one of the characters. Um, And I do have to say, when we we saw the movie uh, last week, because it was the first time I've ever seen it. He was cast Mm -hmm. perfectly in that makeup with those dead eyes he He is an amazing zombie he was terrifying yeah oh he was
0: great
1: he looked like he was like 10 feet tall he like dwarfs everybody in the scenes (laughs) it was amazing but um yeah in when they were getting baptized Tor Johnson was so irritated about having to do this that he pranked the minister by pretending to drown in the middle of the ceremony (laughs)
0: Why doesn't that, why doesn't that surprise me in the slightest? I mean, that just uh, sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah,
1: that would that's what I would do. I'd be like, oh, um, oh wow. yeah, so Planet from outer space, uh, basically, you know, uh, aliens. Oh God, I, I I I have to read. Um, extraterrestrials basically uh, want to stop humanity from creating a doomsday weapon that could destroy the universe. And so these aliens come to Earth to execute Order 66. I mean, Plan 9. Um, (laughs) As opposed to just, you know, evaporating uh, life on Earth or or going to war. They just resurrect the dead, um, calling them ghouls, causing complete chaos. So you've got Vampyra, who... Is another Has the really, tiniest
0: waist on the planet. Uh-huh.
1: She does. <laughs> uh, she's another really interesting one. Um, she um, predated Elvira. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like the original vampire goth chick. Um, mm-hmm. We're talking like, like 1940s um, classic um, tapered neck, pale skin. Um, she had a really high opinion of herself.
0: Uh, she, yeah, uh,
1: she wasn't paid enough to talk, and so she just kind of drifts through the movie, like completely doesn't say yeah. a word. Um, <laughs>
0: just her ominous presence, just roaming in and out of the graveyard.
1: Yeah, so she does nothing through the whole movie except wander around and the <laughs> fingernails. and her very uh,
0: long fingernails.
1: <laughs> yeah, with her with her, you know, like nineteen nineties secretary fingernails that are like five inches long. <laughs>
0: Like, how do you wipe with those nails? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, um,
1: yeah so she, uh, her act was kind of stolen by Elvira, um, and I think there was a lawsuit over that. They, you know, obviously didn't like each other. <laughs> well,
0: yes, uh, but yeah. I'd like to point out that Elvira did do it better. I mean, I agree. A- as yeah, far as Elvira. the charisma goes... It's Elvira all the way.
1: You know what I like about Elvira versus Vampira? Uh, Vampira is like a high class society maven mm-hmm. who decided to be a little edgy. Whereas Elvira yep. is like, I was born in a trailer park, but now I'm a goth princess. Mm-hmm. Um, she has that kind of dirty edge to her that I just love.
0: Oh, yes. Especially and- her. Oh, I wish we could watch one of her movies. I I would love to watch Mistress of the Dark that would be yes
1: that's such a great movie (laughs) it is yeah that's a guilty pleasure of mine it is Um, as well yeah so you know the the aliens uh, decide to resurrect the dead cause complete chaos um and and then eventually are, are defeated in the most bizarrely staged uh end battle of all time um With just leftover yard sale props. And wicker furniture. Yeah, with wicker Wicker. furniture and uh, Radio Shack uh, yard sale items. Another one of of
0: Kenny and I's guilty pleasure. Wicker furniture.
1: I, I love when they cut to like what it's supposed to be the the head aliens control room, and it's literally just a wooden desk, and then various electronics <laughs> devices, like in the most undecorated soundstage uh-huh. you've ever seen. It's amazing. Yep.
0: Oh, that in going going to the Ed Wood thing in in the movie Ed Wood, where at one point that's what I thought was going to happen, where um, Tor Johnson had run into one of the set pieces, and yeah. like it shifted, and Ed Wood's like, just keep going. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they left it oh, out that was amazing. was uh, amazing yeah 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 so Plan 9 from Outer Space uh, ha- I've got a soft spot for it now that I've seen it um, it is just so iconically 1950s like yes. every bad trope of 1950s movies um, every B-movie blunder and just uh, awkward everything is just in this including, you know, long uh, dialogue
0: oh. that,
1: that goes nowhere.
0: Oh, just, oh, drones on and you're just like, is there a plan? Oh, get it? <laughs> it yeah. Like, what's happening in this scene? What, why? Are they staring at the sky and having a 15 minute session of dialogue that goes
1: nowhere? Yeah, I I mean, it's, it's, it's super gothic and, and weird. Um, the other hilarious Thing that I just loved so much is they didn't even try and mask the fact when they were cutting back and forth between footage that they shot, you know, in in real locations and an mm-hmm. obvious soundstage that probably measures five by five. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the graveyard set it is night all the time, and they'll go from like day footage immediately yeah. <laughs> to the night footage, and it's supposed to be like.
0: I, I'm only wondering. Later. I'm only wondering if. He had something in his mind about that. Like, oh, look over here. It's so peaceful and it's daytime. And then all of a sudden you go to the graveyard and, oh, they're coming and they're bringing the dark with them. I don't know. That's just kind of where I went. Yeah. Maybe that. But I could just be like (laughs) way out of left field with mine (laughs) where it was just really badly shot.
1: (laughs) But Ed Wood had um, the people in this film were. 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 Uh, really his weird and wonderful friends um Mm -hmm. like in real life he surrounded himself with just the strangest people um that now if you take those same people and you transported them in time and space it would be the average group of friends in like new york city or san francisco like they're all very weird and different and quirky uh in like a fun way but, you know, this is 1950s America, so it makes them all the more outrageous.
0: Weirder, yes, yes. What, what I have to say is, is I, what I really like about this movie is the reason why I like it so much is because of all the stuff you know behind it. Like, if I hadn't have watched the, Ed, the Tim Burton-Ed Wood movie, I would have never watched Plan 9 ever oh. in my life. No. And because of Tim Burton... I watched it and went, This movie's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Because you know all the stuff that you know while watching it. So yeah.
1: one of the uh, one of his friends is the psychic Chriswell, and I actually love the beginning and ending with him. Um, mm-hmm. where he does that greetings, my friends, we're all interested in the future. Yes, yes. So Chriswell, uh I had to look up who he even is because I didn't even know. Um, at the time that the movie was, was being made, he was the star of a, a Channel 13 television series called Criswell Predicts. And um, back then there were a lot of, of psychic personalities that had TV shows, radio shows, um, mm-hmm. where they would basically just, you know, make up <laughs> stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, he was super charismatic, though. Um, you can even tell that uh, in the way that he he presents himself. So, um, at a time when a lot of psychics were using um, hucksterism and kind of a confidence trickery mm-hmm. uh, to lead you a little bit with, with questions in order to um, predict something, as opposed to actually predicting it, um, mm-hmm. they seduce you with that kind of charm and charisma. And the way that he opens the film, between his 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 wide eyes looking directly at you, making that contact, and what he's saying, um, you can see how he kind of he built that trust with people.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. I, I mean, from the character that he or who portrayed him in Ed Wood as well, he just did. Just the whole prediction thing, and just the way he he presented himself as just this come with me on this <laughs> on this wonderful journey into whatever yeah. the hell out to watch it's kind of like uh, Twilight Zone whereas like you know the the introduction to Twilight Zone was just it made you want to watch it
1: yep yeah so that was uh, that was plan nine from outer space so you, did you like it
0: I did. I did like it. Would I you did. watch it again? No. <laughs> or I would fast forward through lots of parts just to get to parts that I wanted to see and giggle at. Um, because, there, you know, it does have those moments of the, the lots of dialogue. But in a strange, morbid way, I want to hear the dialogue because it's just so bad if that makes any sense whatsoever. Like you just kind yes. of morbid curiosity of, Oh, look, it's a train wreck. Let's keep watching.
1: <laughs> I was just looking at uh, some of the IMDB reviews. Uh, and oh, some please these, tell me
0: you saw the deaf one.
1: I, I did. That's the first one that I saw. i like, <laughs> <Yes>. wait, what? <laughs> I mean,
0: I read that one and I went, Oh, please.
1: Of course there's no subtitles. <laughs> um, I mean, some of these, these are, are, pretty blunt but good like here's a 10 out of 10 this guy said this is one of the best worst films of all time when viewed with the right mindset and probably a lot of alcohol it never fails to entertain poor production values terrible acting worse directing and dialogue that has to be heard to believe i agree with that <laughs> yes. combined to make a cinematic gem i completely agree uh here's here's another one who said aspiring filmmakers tend no uh, take note for anyone that wants to make movies plan 9 is a must-see not for its lush style, great dialogue, fabulous production sign, blah blah blah. It doesn't have any of that. What it does have is poor production design, continuity <laughs> gaps you could drive a space shuttle through, and writing that's so bad it's amazing anyone had the nerve to show it. This and you is know what makes what? It a must see. <laughs>
0: And somebody please make that, remake that movie. Like, why aren't they taking those and remaking them? Seriously. um, I mean, that's the type of thing you should be remaking, not something that's already got a good gold thing. You know what I mean? Like, take those B-movies and... Have a specific person like say Tim Burton. Have him do. But, I mean, you know, he he's already done one alien movie, which was amazing. Why yes. not take oh plan nine? I yeah, right? That movie. Yep. That I I think I had that on my rotation of movies for almost two years. Like, yep. It was just such a great movie. And so having like Tim Burton remake Plan Nine from Outer Space and you know what I mean? Like take those old B movies and have them do it like in the same context and the same, like, but just better. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> I just want to be like one of those people where people think I'm like, they. she just wants remakes. No, I don't. Please, <laughs> don't remake The Goonies. Like, please, I'd do a sequel, sure,
1: but don't do a remake of it. <laughs> it would have been amazing to redo it when Martin Landau was still alive. Uh, yes. Because he did such an amazing job with Lugosi.
0: Yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs>
1: before we move on to, uh, definitely my favorite worst film of all time, deathbed. the, um, oh. <laughs> the flying saucers were just store bought toys. Yes. Uh, yes. they were from a 1956 line of toys from manufacturer Paul Lindberg. Uh, and they are so janky in the way that they fly. They are just ridiculous. Wait, you have to see it when it's on screen.
0: Oh um, yes.
1: <laughs> Vampyra is, I'm going to butcher her name. Uh, Mela Nurmi, M A I L A N U R M I, must be right. Um, yeah, she demanded uh, <laughs> to be a silent role. She did later claim, though, that Ed had given her some dialogue, but she didn't like it, so she just insisted on not saying anything. Um,
0: Probably for the best.
1: <laughs> she is credited, though, uh, as being the TV's first horror host. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she really birthed that genre. Um, Tor Johnson's scars on his face after his character <laughs> Inspector Play is killed off. Um, his scars kept moving around his face.
0: Pardon like, me, production crew? Are we yeah. not taking snapshots?
1: <laughs> to hell with continuity. Who cares? Um, no one knew who composed the score of the film. Hmm. Um, in fact, it, it took 40 years to figure out um, that the score of the movie was actually assembled. Uh, there were composite pieces pieced together from different bits of stock. Um, Gordon Zoller did that, so he, he created the, the score of that. Um, I guess historian in the 90s, Paul Mandel, had tracked down almost all of the original recordings. Um from the pieces that they were sampled from in order to make the score for that movie. Wow, that's interesting.
0: And most of the movie had stock footage. Oh yeah. <laughs> Other than graveyard and the wicker furniture scene and the spaceships yeah.
1: And all of a sudden, we're, here we are flying over the Pentagon for no yes. reason. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that was that was Plan Nine from Outer Space, and now. <clears throat> oh, oh boy. <laughs> Let's talk about first before we go into the details and I'll tell you what the plot of this movie is because it was so obtuse that I had to look it up. Um, okay. What was your what was your first impression of the 1977 hot mess called Deathbed, the bed that eats?
0: Hair and huh? <laughs> That's all I got.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was the 70s. There was there was a lot of hair everywhere. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, and you edited it, so I,
1: <laughs> I had to take out the naughty I know sense. you
0: did. I know you did.
1: There was, there was a lot of, the 70s were a wild time for Dirty. It's just like, oh, here's a boob.
0: Well, um, they were, they were very repressed in the 60s. They needed to let it all out in the 70s.
1: I guess, and then we aged into like the extended sex scenes of the '80s and the '90s came along, and we're like, "Yeah, right. We're not going to do this anymore." Yeah,
0: we're good. We're yeah. good. <laughs> We've had Let's that. just show from the shoulders up if anything's that, happening. <laughs> this is fine.
1: Um, so, on Rotten Tomatoes, this actually hasn't been rated by uh, Rotten Tomatoes at all, with wow. probably good reason. Um, <laughs> the audience score for the movie, however, is thirty percent. Huh. Yeah, this is. Um, wait a minute, what? <laughs> William Russ. William I Russ.
0: told you while we were watching it. I must William miss Russ was in it. Yes, he was eyebrows. He was the one that had his hands missing.
1: Oh, damn.
0: Yes, that was him. I knew I recognized him. I was like. That guy's been in a lot of stuff. All right, well, well, and this known... must have been like his full, like his first role or something.
1: I'm sure it must have been. Yeah. William Russ uh, is most well known for American History X. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been uh, on stage films, TV, um, films such as The Border, The Right Stuff, Dead of Winter, The Unholy. Uh, a lot of these he did early in his career.
0: He was on Boy Meets World.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah, Maestro, Dead of Winter, Disorganized Crime—the right stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, in I was, this movie, as um, we were
0: watching, I was like, <laughs> "He looks so familiar."
1: In this movie, he's in a he's in a two piece jeans outfit that has to be seen to believe, <laughs> with the biggest afro you have ever seen.
0: You are not skipping out on that unibrow,
1: please. Yeah. You are not. Oh, and the unibrow. <laughs> yeah, he had uh, he had a lot going on here. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, God. Uh, <laughs> I I have seen bits and pieces of this movie over the years when you stumble into like the darkest corners of YouTube uh, or but I really never late actually night
0: movies <laughs> I've really really late night. <laughs>
1: um this movie um let me paint a picture for you. This movie opens on black. It's just a black screen and all you hear is eating noises. Sounds like someone eating like a really juicy Macintosh apple. Um, and that's supposed to be the bed, uh, a, this bed that eats people. Um, <laughs> like the opening scene of the film is literally this couple just deciding, like, you know, hey, let's go, you know, find this, let's break into this house uh, and do it uh, with, you know, we have, we brought a snack. They, they brought a little a chicken. They brought some, some KFC. Uh, a bottle a of wine of and a couple apples for afterward. You know, after you do the nasty, you want to. You get you, you a little you want peckish. Those apples.
0: Yeah, you get hungry.
1: The apples are a good palate cleanser.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a, Agreed. I agree. It's a good tip. <laughs> <laughs> apples, apples, and bananas—great palate
1: cleansers. <laughs> and before you get going, there there is a little known fact: people uh, better than Spanish fly, um, KFC. I'm telling you, that, that, oh, yeah. gets, that gets things rolling. That gets Especially those mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those mashed potatoes and gravy every yeah. single time. It's, uh, it's better than lighting a candle and, and silk sheets.
0: Spanish fly. <laughs>
1: this holiday season, give her what she really wants.
0: Chicken. <laughs> that actually wow. sounds like the beginning of my movie. <laughs> give her what she really wants. Chicken.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, so that's the opening scene. So then they start, you know, getting things going. And all you see is, like, the bed slowly closing its curtains. (laughs) It's this old-style Victorian bed, like Scrooge would be sleeping in this bed with the side I'm going to tell you, that
0: mattress did not look comfortable.
1: It It really didn't. It it looked like a futon mattress, and it's no (laughs) wonder that it ate people.
0: (laughs) It was angry for being a futon mattress.
1: It was a first-generation IKEA mattress, and it it was very disgruntled. (laughs)
0: With great woodwork.
1: <laughs> so, like, the bed eats, uh, like, the bed sucks down the wine, uh, eats the cork, and then just guzzles the wine. And the scene uh, is, it's, you're just looking at, at yellow something with bubbles. It looks like urine or Ma- mountain, we, mountain Dew. We
0: deciphered it was Mountain Dew. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so the bed, then the bed takes down the fried chicken and the two apples, and then it pushes everything back up. So you've got this empty bucket of chicken with just bones. Uh it, it, i like that it eats people but it doesn't bother to eat the chicken bones um and then puts the bottle back up uh the two apples back up yeah and then Such they a start bed. <laughs> it really is they start getting it on the, the curtains close and then you just hear them screaming and you know blood dripping <laughs> from the bed so the bed had a snack <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah. So that's how
1: it opened, and our experience with this film got no less confusing. <laughs> we um, did how, did it, how did they even, get
0: here? How did they get here?
1: You hear? know, even if because we were all talking so loud that it was it was hard to make out what people were saying, even if we could hear, we still wouldn't have been able to tell um, what was going on because this uh, the story jumps around in time. All right, let me tell you. Uh, Is that what it was? We, that's <laughs> yes like um, I had to I had to look up what the the plot of this this movie was all right so, I
0: thought we were looking at a really bad episode of Quantum Leap but go ahead go It's like the
1: worst fever dream imaginable and there was no yeah Ziggy didn't show up and be like oh boy um so it came out October 26, 1977 just before Halloween um it it Long ago, a demon fell in love with a woman and conjured up a bed on which to make love to her. It's very nice. The woman died during sweet. the act. Oh, heaven's sweeter. <laughs> as one does, uh, and in his grief, the demon wept tears of blood. Uh, tears of blood, which fell on the bed and caused the bed to come to life. While the demon rests, is that what the, the person was in the grave? The girl. Uh, uh, maybe I don't know. The bed's evil is contained, but once every ten years, the demon awakes, giving the bed the power to physically eat human beings. Only one man, an artist identified as Audrey Beardsley, was spared, as the bed the bed condemned him to immortality behind a painting, where he was oh. forever witness the bed taking victims. You're See, I thought of he Eric was from true blood. Yeah, <laughs> I thought. Alexander Skarsgard is just hanging yes, out like, behind. No.
0: So he the was wall, the demon,
1: like watching people get it on whole movie. Or we not that sounds about right on. for
0: Eric from True Blood. Yeah.
1: I mean, <laughs> no wouldn't want to much. So,
0: so he, I thought he was like a demon or something or some See, sort of witch.
1: I thought the same thing. Okay. Um, so then it it's, it opens there, and then the bed passes from owner to owner until the present day. um in the first one that young couple trespass into the building find the bed make love on the bed and the bed devours them the artist then makes fun of the bed for its stupidity the bed gets pissed off and destroys most of the house except for the room it's in which is why the bed starts out oh. like in one spot and then all of a sudden it's like in this underground tomb for some reason it
0: is making sense now that you're giving me this description <laughs>
1: a movie should never be constructed in such a way that you have to read the plot in order to understand what the hell is going on
0: because now it's all coming to fruition now like yeah. it's just oh Silicon that's why they went to the Silicon. little yeah.
1: so then we get to uh, three women uh, in a car <laughs> with, for some reason sharing longing looks at each other it was very seductive and um, Three women discovered the house that is now completely destroyed. Uh, the bed casually eats one of them, um, reacts Smack. reacts to one of the other women by bleeding in agony for reasons that are never explained. Um, the artist realizes that the bed reacts with pain to the woman because she resembles its mother, a woman whose death caused the bed's creation. Elsewhere, the brother of one of the women goes out looking for her. Um, and that's the character with the the big afro. That's William Ross.
0: Oh, well, okay. And yes, I can see that now. How ah. the blonde girl that looked constipated looked like the one that was in the grave. So I'm assuming that the that one makes... in the grave, like you said,
1: Oh, yep, yeah, right. that would the be one. the mother. Yep, she yep. died. And that must be that, that uh, gravestone marker that we saw that we didn't understand.
0: Yes. Wow. That you have to read it to <laughs> yeah, actually...
1: <it's>, like <laughs> it's all making sense now. So one of the two remaining women then sleeps on the bed. She wakes up as the bed begins eating her. She tries to escape. Um, that's the African-American actress that uh-huh. had what looks like ketchup all over her jeans. Is like the most unrealistic blood of all time. The bed like snares her in its sheets, drags oh, that her back to pissed. be eaten <laughs> hilariously. Um, the last woman left alive unsuccessfully tries to save her. So then the brother comes along, finds the surviving woman, only to have the bed trap them both in this underground room. The brother attempts to rescue the previously eaten woman, and you know by now she's obviously eaten. Uh, it, it, he tries to stab the bed, and
0: yeah, I remember that.
1: Yeah, the bed eats his hands, <laughs> and like leaves him just with skeleton hands, which looks so fake. Oh um, boy! So then we come I wonder to wonder how long he had to hold movie.
0: those underneath his sleeves. <laughs> <Sorry>. Yeah,
1: <laughs> somebody needs to ask William Russ these questions. I have a lot of questions.
0: Uh, so do I. <laughs>
1: Let's uh, this, find it. This movie, by the way, was made for $30,000.
0: <laughs> really?
1: And I bet most of the budget went into the bed.
0: Shocking. To the um, person they sent out that we need this schematics for this bed.
1: Wait, you are not going to believe the story behind this movie. Like, I'm just telling you the plot so we can catch up here. So now we come to the finale. So the demon that created the bed falls asleep. You know, he, he, he ate a lot of people today. Uh, which renders the bed powerless. And allows the artist to communicate with the woman describes a ritual that will destroy the bed for some reason he knows it the woman Uh, carries out the ritual which teleports the bed out of the room and revives the bed's real mother at the cost of killing the surviving woman the bed's mother completes the ritual by having sex with the the brother
0: i don't remember this where was i oh you want to know what
1: oh my god what i
0: don't remember this
1: (laughs) Wait, which we're getting into some dark territory here. So the deceased woman takes over the body of the surviving woman. Is it her brother that she has sex with? If so, that we're opening up a door. To no,
0: William Russ's character's sister was, I think, the one that resembled the mother of the bed.
1: Oh, I see. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. I get it now. It's all coming back to me now.
1: So the bed's bed's, uh, mother Has sex with the brother In this stone circle And then the bed explodes and dies uh, And the (laughs) artist finally passes on
0: (laughs) Wow Scene and scene so wow. I, I, I'd like to point something out. So I was looking on IMDb where it was saying the goofs of the movie. Now, we bypassed this because we were just discussing the whole plot of the movie. But yeah. uh, while the gangsters are playing cards on the bed, one fires a gunshot into the bed. The other makes a hand motion yeah. with a gun as if he <laughs> yes, were also yes. firing, but so no gunshot sound effects were heard. <laughs> Yeah. We couldn't hear that, but there was no sound of a
1: gunshot. Yeah, there's there's a scene with Mario and Luigi playing cards yeah, yeah. Pew, in like some, in what looks like a budget porno when they both get <laughs> eaten for some reason. The bed leaks its yellow foam onto the floor, and it just eats them that way. It's So weird.
0: It's it's the it's the bed's bile. Is just. <laughs> but now that you've had to verbally tell me the story of the movie. I get it, but would I watch that shit show again? No. <laughs> uh,
1: I, you know what? I wouldn't mind. So now you're going to listen to this because I okay, looked at the okay. backstory because I needed to know more about this this hot mess. Okay. So George Barry, um, who made the movie, this is the only movie he ever made, uh, and it's probably for good reason. Um, So George Barry... Um, He's he's living in the Detroit suburbs. Uh, In 1972, he had an interest in film. He decided to make one. Um, So he he starts putting together this concept for film. The beginning shots where it's just eating noises over black video, there was supposed to be something in there, uh, but they either lost the footage or couldn't afford to shoot the footage. Um, So... (laughs) Yeah, wow. because the budget was so tight, um, most of the movie is told in through the dubbed in inner thoughts of the characters. Um, inner and, thoughts. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> the ghost behind the painting is described as Barry as being David Bowie esque, which I can kind of see. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Barry. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a little off. <laughs>
0: I'm trying. I'm trying to have the same enthusiasm with you for this movie. Yeah.
1: Um, Jock Brandis was one of the people that worked on the movie Deathbed. Um, and um, they were friends. Uh, Brandis, at the time of 1973, was 26. Um, and one night, Barry just showed up at his door and asked if he wanted to make a movie.
0: Sure, yeah, why not? sure, let's do this.
1: So they couldn't afford on the budget that they had to pay union wages. So he, um, Brandis, and a van full of Canadians, snuck over the border. They didn't have work visas. um so they they literally like, like went under cover of darkness, snuck over the border from Canada into the United States, bringing with them a human skeleton in tow and they'd planned this two-week shoot at a historic Detroit mansion. Um, It turned out that the mansion itself was being rented by a group of Hell's Angels. Oh, Uh, boy. Yeah, and the Hell's Angels in the 70s and early 80s were were really nothing to mess around with. No, they were not. No, No, they were were not. We're talking like, yeah, we're talking dangerous stuff. Um, For whatever reason, the Hell's Angels took a liking to them, so... Um
0: they did like weird eclectic people. So I think
1: <laughs> you can't get any and plus, you know, it's people having sex on this deathbed. Of course that's that's kind of a true, bad. true. Um so Brandis' role on the film was to, to work on special effects. Um he had three hundred dollars. So what he did was uh they had the frame made which looked really good. Um the bed itself does look good. Um he stacked three air mattresses one on top of the other and fixed it so that when a plug was pulled um the mattresses oh. would deflate and it would look like the actors were being slowly yeah. sucked into the bed.
0: I can see that kind of, now. Which
1: is ingenious, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, like there's one <laughs> scene then? where she's she's like tipping at a 45 degree angle so the way they did that, you know, kind of looks good. Um the stomach acid uh, is just glycerin and yellow food covering, uh, coloring, and then they just put bubblers uh, in there. Um, and they went around and they bought uh, every container of yellow food coloring available in the city of Detroit, Detroit, to make this movie. <laughs> um,
0: and then you know, Ethel's like, "I need that yellow food coloring, and I can't find it. Yeah. I'm trying to make a flower cake."
1: because it, it worked so well um the uh Barry who um put Brandis in the film he, uh, Brandis who did the special effects plays the priest that gets eaten in that one scene um wow what what gets a little interesting here so while they're making this movie they're hanging out with the Hells Angels um as they are, are going out on the town in Detroit. Um, they're in a whorehouse one night <laughs> and <laughs>
0: <laughs> this just gets better and better.
1: Yeah. they went into the whorehouse supposedly um, to borrow a Gideon Bible. Um, yeah. They didn't know it was a horror house, so they were, they were kicked out onto the street. He was trying to find a Bible for a, for a prop in that film.
0: Oh. <laughs> you went to the wrong place. <laughs> that
1: was the wrong place.
0: Unless you found that one converted one. That's just like, oh yeah, sure, I got one right here.
1: So what makes this wild, um, it only took two, fe- two weeks to film. Um, they got it done. It would take four years to edit the movie to completion. Um, and by the time that was all done, the movie was so bad. Uh, and by then, so out of date because, you know, now we're, we're, we're coming forward <laughs> to 1977. Four
0: years. Yeah. Four and
1: years. It, it never, uh, no one cared to pick it up. So it sat on the shelf for decades. Um, what they didn't know is that a pirated copy of the film had made its way through Europe copied and copied and became a really big cult classic over there. Um, And it wasn't until 2004 it was finally released on DVD. Um,
0: Yeah. Well, it makes sense with the whole Europe thing. They, back then, they had some pretty strange fucking movies.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) if you look at this movie on the surface, as bad as it is, it's so surreal. Yes. It's it's like a a really messed up art house film. Yes, I
0: can see that. I can see that.
1: Like, if a student uh, at a a university studying cinematography had a little bit of a budget, I feel like this is the kind of artsy-fartsy horror movie that they would put out.
0: And they'd probably... That would probably be their thesis, which probably would have gotten them a good grade, because it was very... Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But as far as... a movie that I'd want to watch again (laughs) yeah it's questionable (laughs) yeah Uh,
1: Dennis Harvey from Variety wrote deathbed is a horror flick destined for some small place in the hearts of psychotronic fans who already treasure such extreme oddities as blood freak uh, not to to mention Andy Milligan's entire oeuvre (laughs) (laughs) yeah someone else described it as a whimsical drug induced nightmare (laughs) Get, and you know, like what? you said,
0: a fever dream. It, I, it's
1: <laughs> it totally is. Yeah.
0: I feel that that is a fever dream right there.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So that movie is is really something else.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emphasis on the something.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that was the second movie that we saw, and uh, wow, we covered yeah. uh, covered a lot of ground in that. That movie.
0: yes yes we did <laughs> I was a, a lot of confusion but until you just read that to me it now makes sense to me uh, yeah <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing
1: I love the random orgy scene where the pet is just in the field for some reason guess, and, then just and like... then
0: everybody's just under the sheet <laughs>
1: Yeah, just kicking their like
0: poke, 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 poke,
1: poke. <laughs> yeah, it that's what it even... felt like.
0: Everybody was just under there, just moving around.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like it was like people having seizures underneath the, the sheets. Oh like wait, it, it didn't even look seductive at all. It just looked but like no, looked it did not.
0: Effect. But the random scene of the priest being yes. eaten by the bed. What, I'll have to say that was the best moment for me for the movie because just deadpan, he had no reaction. He's just like I'll just go with it. I'm just gonna get eaten by the bed. No, it just seriously, stoned face. Bye.
1: I do have to say the the most impressive scene in the movie is is one of the girls that gets killed when the bed takes the cross, starts eating the cross, and then uses it like from oh, underneath saw her. her. Yes. Saw her friggin' head off.
0: Yes. Like, oh yes. my god, what? And it took forever. Oh, but yeah, just I mean, <laughs>
1: You could, could have shaved off some time there, you know. You can just use yeah, an axe.
0: yeah. <laughs> but no, that was good. That 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 part was good too. Yeah,
1: because I was wincing at that. I was like, oh no, no, no. Yeah, so that I was that was, it? <laughs> that was that was death.
0: Yeah, that it is
1: was. weird that Chad and Simone never showed up at all.
0: It it I I haven't seen them or heard anybody else but the two of us. So. I don't know that's that's weird
1: well, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go poke around the grounds uh for some reason chad has this this strange uh celtic circle in a whispering woods behind the house here oh, i'm gonna go okay. poke around in there um
0: hey, I'll, if, I'll meet you in a couple minutes if, yeah.
1: yeah well if you know what let's split up if you can take the haunted swamp uh, Fantastic. where the sexy teens were killed yes uh,
0: i was gonna go that way anyway Yeah, we're good.
1: Uh, Well, yeah, well, you know, you got things Mm -hmm. to do. Uh, do. So you check there. Uh, I'll I'll check uh, that that strange whispering Celtic circle, um, and then we'll hope for the best. Cool. Well, this has been uh, this has been Fresh Tomatoes Podcast, as hosted by (laughs) me uh, and Jess here. Um, A little bit about our show: we uh, are in chat a Fallout seventy six story. It's based on the Fallout seventy six video game, but. We tell um, a dark humor, original storytelling stories uh, with a cinematic sound, um, a lot of humor uh, and interesting, compelling characters. Even if you're not into the video game, um, I think you'd find the stories fun and interesting um, in a way that, that people connect with. And particularly on Halloween, we'll be uh, dropping yes. my, my really emotional pet project. Which is our version of Ray Bradbury's classic tale, um, Something Wicked This Way Comes, which I've been really looking forward to. Uh,
0: I had a lot of fun doing that.
1: I, I did. wait until you hear this. I can't wait. I'm is excited. Literally the best episode that we have Fantastic. ever done. It's so good.
0: Fantastic.
1: Um, so, yeah, if you guys want to check out our show, you can find us at Fallout 76 Podcast um, or chat of Fallout 76 Stories available on all podcasting platforms. Um, all right. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna head outside, and uh, I guess we'll end the show here. Let me okay. turn this off. And, uh, all right. Great. I'll catch up with you later. See ya. All right.
0: Well, it's time to bury the kitties out back. Bye all.
7: traffic and weather. Welp, looks like almost everyone's still dead, so traffic is at a standstill. (laughs) And now a word from our sponsor, because they're totally not bribing me with massive amounts of chems or anything. Seems as the stuffed shirts are back at the White Springs playing games with that total loser modus. But hey, if that's your thing, whatever. So if all you squares wanting to hear more, totally, sort of, but maybe not boring stories about rebuilding Appalachia and being all goody-two-shoes, definitely not raiders, check out this thing they call a podcast, The Modus Files, whatever that's supposed to be, on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever else you listen to those things. Double ugh. They're not paying me enough for this. Till later, this is Rose. Raiders
6: rule! You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows
0: at robotsradio.net.